Welcome to Calling All Lovers, a podcast that delves into the intricacies of love and relationships and shows that love is love no matter how you identify. I'm your host, Katie Hennessy, and on this week's episode, I'm chatting to Shelby Sells, a sex, love, and life coach, as well as the co-host of the incredible Emotional Check-In podcast. We talk about anxiety in relationships and how that can manifest. We also talk about attachment styles and the theory behind them as well as answer some listener questions about how to manage anxiety and ways to have your partner support you. Before we dive into it, make sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, and share the episode. That's I'm nice. just, I'm, I'm hunkered in and yeah, <laughs> taking it easy, having a mellow morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Same here. I mean, it's the afternoon here, so yeah. I'm kind mm-hmm. of winding down for the night. We have a 6 p.m. curfew, so there's nothing much you can oh, do. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was wondering about that. My friend who lives out there just called me the other day, but they had mentioned um, that the curfew was back in effect again. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of sad because Paris is like the the whole vibe of it is going out at night yeah. and drinking and meeting up with friends. But Oh, you're preaching. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think in New York we all signed a contract secretly that's <laughs> like we moved here and we're dealing with the small apartments as long as we can go frolic in the nighttime, you know, and the small apartments isn't definitely another thing yeah. that is contributing to everyone's, you know, relationship issues, I guess, right now, too. And absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 that's a hard agree. Um, I start every podcast off asking for your pronouns. Oh, yeah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Perfect. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to, like, have you on here because, one, I love your podcast, Emotional Check-In. Oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we love emotional check-ins. So fun. You got to yeah. come on it. You got to come oh on it. Oh, my God. I would love yes. to. I'd love to. <laughs> um, and you're just like really, I guess, like what you share on your Instagram has been really helpful for me. And I'm sure a lot of people and you get a lot of feedback towards that. But I think the main thing is that I wanted to delve into today is anxiety in relationships because I think it's something that's coming up a lot now I think a lot of people like developing anxiety personally and it's showing up in their relationships absolutely yeah you could not be more on point could not agree more (laughs) yeah coming up a lot in my work um in my clients and yeah even in my own personal relationships lots of yeah we're living in a very anxious (laughs) um time right now (laughs) I I know it's really great that people are talking about it more and more and that's kind of why I wanted to 
go into it today. Um, but before we get into that, if yeah. you can just share with everyone what you do and how you got into it. So you're a love, sex and life coach. How yeah. did you end up doing that? So it's a funny story. Um, I never saw this career path for myself. Um, I went to FITM, which is like fashion school in LA. Oh, no I way. Moved to, yeah, I moved to LA when I was 18 and all I wanted to do was open up a vintage boutique and call it a day. I'm a, I'm a Libra. I'm obsessed with clothes. So, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm wearing purple cashmere pants right now. Oh my you God. know, you know the vibe. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, I moved to LA and then I started a blog. I, after living there for a couple of years, I was going out quite a bit and meeting a lot of new people. And I quickly became the friend that was like, you know, like, who are you dating? Like, who are you? Part of my French, but who are you fucking? You know, like, yeah. what's going on? And people would, you know, when we'd be out having drinks, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, Shelby, I'm in love. Or, like, I pegged this guy. And I was just like, ah. Like, I've always my, – my friend did a write-up on me, and she called me a cheerleader for love. So Oh, obsessed. Um, <laughs> I just love I, – I really enjoy these topics. One, because – um there's no like finality to it if that mm-hmm. makes sense like there's no like this is how you have a successful relationship i mean obviously there I wish. <laughs> are some tools you know that we can we all try to practice um but really sex and relationships are so unique not only to the individual but to their unique partner at the time as well so um, I think that that's why I enjoy it so much. And so I started writing about these topics and then I've done over a hundred interviews. And so wow. after I moved to New York, I, I had a, a wonderful opportunity where I, I was kind of, um, you know, it's like a new start and I was like, what do I really want to do? So I, I went back to school. I'm still in school. I go to Hunter college. I'm finishing my de- degree in clinical psychology um, to ho- hopefully pursue um, a career in sex therapy. Um, Amazing. Just, just to have the knowledge. I mean, I, I think I'll probably be a student for life. Um, and like I said, there's, no, there's not really any finality. I mean, people have been discussing love and sex since the dawn of time, and we haven't reached a lot of super, like, hard conclusions about them. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm doing that, and then – you know, it's taking a little bit longer than I thought because I'm just going slow at my own pace. And uh, so I figured getting my – and also because I'm studying the clinical aspects of it, a lot of the work that I do – I mean, I in, I practice tantra, I practice yoga. Mm-hmm. And so some of those more holistic aspects. And so yeah. I was like, let me – I found a great coaching program um, in New York City, actually, Um through someone that I had been on a couple dates with, they were in the program. And I was like, can I do this? Are you going (laughs) to get mad at me? Because it's kind of like serendipitous. Like you meet people for a reason, you know, and I didn't, I didn't maybe connect with them romantically, but, um, but I was really glad to find this space. And then, uh, yeah, I finished that program in May, last May. And so I'm a certified um, transformational life coach and so it's just kind of a culmination of holistic healing, um, clinical psychology, and then sex education, and then 
Also just fun and playfulness. Yeah. Like for me, some of this can get, it's can be really heavy. A lot of the topics can be super triggering. And I, mm-hmm. I felt that taking a kind of more relaxed approach to it, which easier said than done, you know, <laughs> um, it, it's not only helped me be able to navigate my relationships better, but, um, you know, I find that it, it it helps people navigate their own, you know, at least for my audience, the feedback that they have and for my clientele and stuff like that. Um, just making these making these conversations more digestible so that you can actually yeah. put them to practice versus being like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to read this dense book about psychology, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, that's kind of yeah. what puts most people off. But I love that approach of the holistic meeting the clinical mm. That's, I feel like that's where we're going in terms of therapy. Yeah. Which is wonderful because again, it's not, it's not one size fits all in that, um, in those worlds as well. And, and for me, I kind of enjoy taking what I like in terms of, you know, how I want to show up as a coach, as a mentor, Mm -hmm. hopefully soon as a therapist, um, and being able to adapt, um, dynamically to my clients and you know just also again in my day-to-day life yeah what's something that comes up a lot for you that's like a common misconception in relationships oh I thought you were gonna ask me about my job (laughs) I was like (laughs) oh my god well like with your Um, clients and stuff okay like what do they come in thinking is a misconception? Yeah, like something that you see come up where you're with your clients and you're just like, oh my God, I wish everyone just knew that this isn't like yeah, correct I, or not like the standard fit all for everyone, I guess. I think one of the most common misconceptions that people have is is centered around communication and like not maybe like knowing that it's important to communicate, Mm -hmm. but not knowing um, exactly how to communicate Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and, uh, and how that actually plays out in your relationships. So, um, and also that, you know, in a space where we're talking about sex that Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of people assume that maybe some issues that they're dealing with in their sex world has no connection to issues that they're dealing with at home with their family Mm -hmm. or like uh, from, you know, childhood attachment stuff, which I think we'll probably get into in a little bit. Um, But just how all of these things intersect and, um, you know, they really influence one another. So sometimes in my client sessions – we don't even discuss sex like once. And people are like, I'm so sorry. I took up our whole session talking about, you know, all of these other things, my job, um, yeah. my relationship with my mom, you know, whatever. <laughs> and like, we didn't even get to talk about the sex stuff. And I'm like, well, you know what? This session is for anything to come up. Mm-hmm. And usually if this is what you came up, is this what came up? Like, it's what you needed to talk about. Um, And I'm happy to hold space for anybody to explore that Um, because, again, you wouldn't realize it, but, um, yeah, everything is so interconnected. And so just starting to understand that. um, And also I think another misconception is that people aren't 
super connected to their bodies, mm-hmm. you know, and like their intuition and like just I, maybe how important um, being able to connect with your body is, mm-hmm. you know, and and being able to identify those things in yourself. Like where does your anxiety live, you know? Like if you're feeling really anxious about something, is that in your throat? Is it in your head? Is it in your heart, in your chest? Is it in yeah. your stomach? You know, like where, what's the source? And so I guess in my work, it's just constantly digging deeper um, mm-hmm. and then and then moving forward, you know, being like, okay, like where is this coming from? And Yeah. What do you want your relationships to look like? And then how can we map that out? It's crazy that like, well, for myself, I've been talking for the past like 25 years and yet I feel like I've only just started to learn how to communicate, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, it 100% does. I joke around sometimes, but I don't even think I learned how to say no (laughs) until I was probably 25 and I'm 29 now, you know, and like saying saying no to certain situations or even mm-hmm. in work stuff being like I can't take this on right now or whatever like I didn't even have yeah. that in my vocabulary you know if you want to trace that back to being a woman or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know we can go deep into that kind of stuff but communicating is it's so simple and yet so complex because Really, once you start practicing it and understand how to communicate effectively, and for me, it's about coming from a place of love. Um, there, I used to communicate with a lot of defensiveness mm, and anger. Can relate. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a yeller, you know, historically uh, in my relationships. <laughs> Ooh, you know, but um, I'm like, ah! You know, a little <laughs> banana lady over here. I'm just like, you know. Um, and that never really did anything good in my relationships. None of that, you know, besides maybe protect me, but Mm -hmm. sometimes even not. So, um, really when I started learning how to communicate effectively, it was like, all right, um, it was pretty life-changing in my relationships and being like, okay, what do I want to say? Who do I want to say it to? How will I think that they, how will they receive it the best, you know, mm-hmm. if I know them? Yeah. And how can I, how can I phrase it as concisely mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and honestly, you know, and respectfully <laughs> that I can, yeah. you know, so not using mean words, right? Like not tearing people down, no blaming or shaming, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then instead being like, okay. So that thing the other day brought something up in me. And, you know, it kind of sounds yeah. like once you start doing it, you're like, uh, okay, I, I'm feeling like a an Instagram infographic right now. But, like, <laughs> you know, which is like. But I love those things. Once you, once you kind of get the language down, um, you would be surprised how how much easier it gets. And that's what yeah. I always say to my clients is I'm like, I mean, coming from somebody who, and no, no one knows, you know, some people maybe are born with an innate ability to communicate and good for them. Like, go the fuck off, you know? Wow, but yeah. 
I know a lot of us, I mean, if you think about it, we're all just, we're all just people struggling to connect. Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any, we're not given, not a lot of us are given tools um, to understand ourselves or other people and how to connect with them. So it's like, we're all just like shouting into a void, like, hello, (laughs) you know, um, it sounds so simple, but like when you do start to communicate effectively in your relationships, it feels like you've hit like some sort of magic. You're like, what What sort of magic am I dealing with right now? Yeah. Because this is like the first time I've ever actually gone, th- worked through something with my partner mm. without ending uh, up crying. <laughs> period. Yeah. And I think that conflict resolution is also um, such an important part of dating as well. You know, I mean, I think when I was younger and before I started getting a little bit more serious about this work, for me, my view of relationships was pretty skewed, honestly. Like, I was like, okay, you're never supposed to fight. Um, mm. You're supposed to hang out 24-7. Like, it was a very codependent, yeah. like, you know, um, kind of relationship that I, you know, very romanticized. Romeo and Juliet, Sid and Nancy, yes. <laughs> Kurt and Courtney. If you, if you really look at those relationships, you realize that at least – one, if not both people died. So wow, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe those aren't the relationships I should be romanticizing. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> but, and I thought too, when, when I was dating, when I was younger, like, I was like, oh, if we get in a fight, it means like the relationship is over. Yeah. Like I always assumed that like, oh, we're in a fight. Like uh-huh. we're breaking up. Yeah. But, so many times I was just like packing up my stuff and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, Oh, are we still oh, okay? <laughs> Wait, we're still doing a thing here. Well, yeah. oh, wow, I'm shocked. Okay, good. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we call that we call that protest behavior a little bit. You know, I'm 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 guilty of that. I'm like, I'm gonna go. They're like, don't go. I'm like, okay. You I've know, got but, the uh, a rebellious Aquarius, so that sits oh, really deep inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so then also, you know, understanding that, like the the more you know, the the better you're able to navigate relationships, mm-hmm. right? So when I learned that not every fight means that I we're breaking up, one, it helped me be much more secure in my relationships. Because if you think about it, like if you're constantly thinking, talking about I mean, especially as somebody who identifies with an anxious attachment style, um, yeah. which I feel like I'm slowly getting more secure, you know, I'm I'm almost to the secure place, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if every fight is a breakup, you know, then it then it's really then I'm tiptoeing around a lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, my anxiety is always at an all time high because I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. And um, it makes dating really hard and kind of like like explosive, mm-hmm. um, or it can be anyways. Yeah, it's so interesting to me because I got diagnosed with anxiety when I was nineteen mm. through mm. being in an extremely codependent relationship, and I was diving into stuff with a therapist that wasn't really like, she kept bringing up my relationship. And it was kind of like what you were saying with your clients, how they would bring up their mom or something like that. And I was like to my therapist, but no, I'm not here to talk about 
this person. I'm here to talk yeah. about my anxiety. Yeah, and I like just like, <laughs> yeah. and I was I'm like, not here to oh. talk about my mom. I'm like, it's fine. Let's just talk about her. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was, the therapist didn't really help me, honestly. It wasn't the right person. But yeah. getting out of the relationship, mm. I felt so much better. It was literally like within two days, I was like an, oh, a totally different person. My friends didn't even recognize me. They were like, yeah. who is this amazing, vibrant woman? And I was just like, yeah, how much that impacted my life for like a year mm. and a half. I was absolutely mm. shocked. And then moving into like, I didn't get into another relationship for several years, like two and a half years, because I was so scared of becoming codependent again and I didn't know that you could exist outside of a codependent relationship (laughs) yeah I I what was modeled for me growing up was fairly codependent and Mm -hmm. um and most of the relationships that I had been in or have been in were codependent and I hear you I mean I was in one of my longest ones was very codependent and you know, no shade to the person, but like pretty soul sucking, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, and for both people involved, you know, not just me, but it's like when you blend, when you codepend, you both lose yourself. And like, that's just, you know, what happens. And it took me like four years to like really be open to like, actually, like I would date a little bit Mm -hmm. here and there, but nothing serious because I was like, yeah. (laughs) You're gonna trap me. <laughs> yes, that's what I, I was, was like. Thinking. You know how hard it was for me to get out of this. Like it <laughs> was a very toxic situation. So yeah, and you know what? It's fine. It's good to take space. It's good to re- reclaim mm-hmm. your autonomy outside of that. It's good to heal. You know, I think picking a therapist or a or just a, a healer, coach, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, in general, that you mesh with is so important as well. I had one therapist that I I could not stand. Every time yeah. I I would cry and open up to her, she would be like, oh. <laughs> oh. And I was like. Oh. It's the head tilt. <laughs> I was like, oh. I'm like, do you want to see unadulterated rage right now? Because I am going to like crack off on you. I was like, I can't ever see her again. No. Maybe it was good though because she was getting to the root of something. I was like. <laughs> I, I can't scream at you. That, I don't think that would be very <laughs> productive. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's definitely you need to find the right person to delve into yeah. these things. Um, yeah. And for me, it was interesting because when I did finally get into a, a really beautiful, secure relationship, mm. it mm. took time to open up and I didn't have that anxiety come up But then 2020 happened (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it was like, especially living with no family on this side of the world. Like I have his family, but it's, you know, it's not the same thing. And he's like my, my one person that I'm like, okay, this is like my safety blanket and everyone needs a safety blanket last year. (laughs) And I was just like, how do I go through these emotions without becoming completely codependent again. Mm. 
It was really difficult. Yeah. So what were some of your triggers, do you think? I think that, like, just not feeling secure and, like, I guess the idea of having, like, a man in that sense of, like, the society norm of, like, the man should look after you was coming in. And I was like, wait, what is this? I don't subscribe to this, and yet it keeps coming (laughs) into my realm. (laughs) You're like, save me, wait, stop. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, I I think a lot of people's foundations, right, like the COVID and the pandemic has shaken up so much and Mm -hmm. then and then it peaks its you know naughty little head into our relationships and then you're just like oh gosh and yeah and like how can you not become codependent on somebody when you're trapped in your house with them 24-7 yes Mm. it's either one way or the other when I've been talking to my friends that are in relationships they're just like oh my god I hate my partner I can never see them again or it's like I don't know what I'm going to be like without them when we can go outside again. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, that binary. Um, It's pretty intense. I know a lot of people who have gotten together during this and a lot of people who have broken up, Mm. you know. um, And even still, you know, I mean, just even navigating day-to-day stuff. Like I have little, you know, it's like riding a wave. Sometimes I'm like, la, la, la. And then other days it's like, crushing impending doom yeah (gasps) yeah so when you're feeling anxious what are some things that you do that like kind of recenter you for me breathing is a massive one like I learned the um Mm. the I think it's the four eight four breathing techniques so like Mm -hmm. breathe in for four hold for eight breathe out for four yeah and that that one's really good like doing that just three times if I'm like in a meeting or something and I'm like, oh, I can't like just switch off right now. I just do that breathing and it, it re-centers me and switches off that, you know, I need to get the hell out of here kind of feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Breathing has become such a prominent practice Mm-hmm. for me in terms of dealing with anxiety, but also in the bedroom. You would be surprised wow. how it shows up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Moving the energies around. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, especially for people, I think that for me, it's easiest to, maybe this is like so TMI, but like it's easiest <laughs> for me to like reach orgasm Usually, like, I've found in my experiences, one, if it's, like, a one-night stand and I know that I'll never see this person again, (laughs) I can totally let loose and, like, have incredible sex. Or it's, like, if – or I have to completely trust the person Mm -hmm. for me to, like – for my body to kind of relax and, like, really – and, and, like – receive all this pleasure to the extent Mm -hmm. that I'm wanting it to, right? To have these like crazy mind-blowing orgasms. So like breathing has showed up. I realized, um, because I was doing a bunch of research about it one day, um, a few, a couple of years ago, and I was just starting my tantra practice 
and they focused on it so much. Yeah. And they were talking about how holding your breath stops you from orgasming because it stops Wow, because so flow. many, so many women, yeah. I'm not sure about men, but I know a lot of women do that. I hold, I was like, oh my God, I hold, I hold, like, I'm like, oh my God, it's about to happen. And then I'm like, yeah. Oh. You don't even realize you're doing <laughs> it. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I started um, trying to integrate breath work in during solo sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I'm catching myself when I was about, you know, when yeah. I was getting to that spot and, um, and then being like, okay, breathe through it, breathe through it. And then I started practicing with a partner and then it's become much, you know, it again, yeah. pra- practice, 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 everything. But, um, breathing is incredibly important tool. Yeah. I know. It's so great to hear that as well, because I love when, um, holistic practices and meditation and mindfulness, come into like a sexual space I think it's something that more people are delving into and it's super interesting (laughs) oh yeah I couldn't agree more um and I I'm just a huge fan of mindful connection I think that (laughs) not to be all like woo woo or whatever um but that sex just hits different. Yeah. You know, I'm a fan of all different kinds of sex, but like right now it's been incredible to be able to practice this kind of like super intense, but like super like connected, mm. um, otherworldly kind of sex, you know, I'm like, holy yeah. crap. Um, and it's because of like the mindfulness of the relationship and just, you know, establishing all of those things. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) I do think that that is something that is really interesting for people that have anxiety because I know that when my anxiety shows up, I do not feel sexual at all. And just Mm -hmm. incorporating that breathing outside of the bedroom and inside the bedroom can just make you more aware of being in the moment and not like, oh my God, COVID, breathing, like, it just like freaks me out. Sometimes. It gets you. It gets you in your body. That's what yeah. breathing does. As it takes you from back mm-hmm. into okay, like I'm here, I'm present, I'm breathing, I'm yeah. feeling all of the things that are going down right now. You know, yeah. Um, and what a blessing that is. I mean, truly, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I'm curious as to like for me. I know that I have an anxious attachment style because how could I not I mean like having being diagnosed with anxiety I was like I don't even need to take that attachment test <laughs> but I did and it was obviously the anxious one um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love a good online I love a good online personality <laughs> test or whatever I'm like Whoa, let, me, let me learn more about me that's <laughs> so good but also like Sometimes I feel a little bit judged. I'm like, oh, I know. Ow, like, okay. You read me to filth. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How do you define what an anxious attachment style is? Like, what to explain to someone that hasn't heard of it, I guess? Yeah. So, one, if we're talking about attachment styles, I always recommend buying the book Attached. Mm-hmm. The author's names are escaping me. I'm sorry, author. Um, <laughs> But it's called Attached. 
I read it in like a day and it, the way that they explained attachment theory and, and went into detail about the attachment styles. Um, Mm -hmm. have you read it? No, I haven't, but I've seen it before. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Order it today. Um, I will. I will for sure. I love books like that. It's such a game changer. And the way that they explained attachment theory was wonderful because it wasn't damning, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, it's not like, you're an angel's attachment style. You're going to be this way forever. <laughs> like my like, online oh, quiz. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm screwed. I'm never going to have a good, I'm never going to have a healthy relationship. It's like, hey, you know, here's what, attachment theory is um, how we form attachments. So it's based off of, it's it's usually, but not always based off of how attachments were formed in childhood with our caregivers, mm-hmm. our primary caregivers. So for some of us, that's our parents. It could be grandparents, um, you know, whoever was around during your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there's debatably four attachment styles. Secure, which means you don't really have a lot of anxiety. Like you get into relationships easily, you know, um, your relationships with your parents is pretty chill for the most part, <laughs> you know, like whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, and I think it's something like 50% of people are secure attachment. Oh my God. I've never met anyone who's a secure attachment. I I could be totally pulling that out of my ass, but also I think, I think that, um, I think that, you know, some of the insecure attachment styles, I think we flock to each other, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) you know, it's like, like attracts like, like all the secures are together and then all of the cuckoo bananas are over here uh, lovingly and respectfully, but then, and, and then anxious, avoidant. And then there's a fourth, sometimes people say there's a fifth. I've heard it be anxious, avoidant. I've heard it be named disorganized, um, so avoidant is kind of like arms distant, like, no. Anytime things, you know, get a little intimate, people pull away. They're like, I okay, don't feel comfortable yeah. with this. Yeah. I'm losing my autonomy. I need space. Mm-hmm. Anxious attachment style, um, I would say, is, again, um, having a lot of anxiety in the relationship. A lot. There's a lot of um, fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. a lot of insecurities about the relationship. Um which again, like, kind of forces the person to, you know, cling harder to their person, right? You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you're gonna leave me. Like, let me cling on to you. And then this is how a lot of codependent relationships kind of come to be, right? Um, yeah. Uh, there's just, yeah, a lot of anxiety. And so, again, and also, I don't, I'm not sure if that really made sense, but... Yeah, it definitely did. Y- yeah. It's just having a lot of insecurities in general. Um, mm-hmm. and Do you, you think, like, having an anxious attachment style, is it, like, hand-in-hand hand with anxiety or you can be completely, like, secure in your day-to-day life, not having any anxiety disorders and yet still have that anxious attachment style in your relationship? Yeah. I mean, I don't know a hundred percent, but I, I would say that it can be pretty fluid. I mean, Mm. I know, I know people that, you know, are diagnosed anxious, um, and, and don't seem, you know, but it doesn't show up in their relationships. It's more of a general anxiety. Yeah. And, um, 
again, it's a, when we're talking about this, it's about attachments, right? So Mm -hmm. it's looking at your anxiety and being like, okay, you know, like, am I having, you know, general anxiety? Like we're all anxious because we're in the pandemic, right? Yeah. We get anxious if we introduce our boo to our parents, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's general kind of anxiety. Mm -hmm. I feel like a, I feel like a diagnosed anxiety is heightened and then with an attachment, it shows, you see it in your relationships. It's, yeah. it's difficult to connect um, and it's just a constant like, uh, you know, um, kind of a constant battle. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, again, it's not damning because if you're with somebody who is a secure attachment style, you know, then you can have a secure relationship <laughs> like Bob, you know, I'm like, oh. um, and you can also, I think it's something like every, every five to seven years, I think, you know, you're apt to, you can change. And mm-hmm. so for some people, their attachment issues don't come up until later in life be, due to maybe a bad breakup or like other things. So mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be so centric around the upbringing, but that's where a lot of it stems from. Yeah. Um, but there can be other triggers as well. But yeah, I think I think there's a lot of ways to mix and match. Ang- yeah, that's so interesting to me. <laughs> I know, I know. What are some ways that um, anxiety can sort of show up or impact a relationship? Oh, so many different ways. I mean, it can create a block in the relationship um, depending on if you're able to communicate about your anxieties or not, right? This is where Mm -hmm. the importance of communication comes back in. But you can really block your blessings, you know? And, And a lot of people who have anxious attachment style suffer from like low self-worth, you know, they don't feel like they're good enough because they were maybe not prioritized again as a child or like in another relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So, you know, they have the ability to kind of push people away with the anxiety or almost like, you know, if you're trying to grab onto a fish that's slipping out of your hands, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like sometimes the harder you're trying to hold on, the... the, (laughs) the more it's going to go away from you. Yeah. But um, that, to that effect. Um, but yeah, it can also affect our libidos. Um, mm. Just like you were saying before, like anxiety, if sometimes anxiety shows up and no more sex. Sometimes yeah. anxiety shows up and it's like heightened arousal. You know, it's like yeah. I need to have sex to deal with the stress, but it's not even necessarily like, the most pleasurable sex. It's like, (laughs) my body needs to do this to relieve something, you know what I mean? Um, But it can show up in a lot of different ways and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to derail a relationship. It just, you know, takes some extra communication and Mm -hmm. I think accountability, you know, in terms of being like, okay, um, not blaming anything, not not projecting your anxieties onto your partner, um, you know, asking, being able to ask for help when you need it. Um, yeah, knowing how your anxiety shows up, what are some things, how can your partner show up for you that is like the most supportive? 
Um, and then what are things that you can do on your own, you know, to manage some mm-hmm. of that? Um, and again, yeah. it's really easy to say all of this stuff. And in practice, it is much more complicated, right? But it is super, it is manageable. Um, it, it just takes a little bit more work. Yeah, it's just one of those annoying things that goes into (laughs) (laughs) self-care and it's like annoying yeah yeah (laughs) it's just it's like yeah okay so you have to spend a bit more time on yourself and it's not fun going to therapy or delving into things sometimes it can be really painful but the results are that you're not going to keep repeating the same mistakes the same relationships and everything like that and that's just like priceless I mean (laughs) Oh, amen. I mean, literally, I was in therapy for probably two solid years. Um, and that helped some, but really even going through um, my coaching school and, yeah, and just learning yeah. how to be a coach actually was so healing as well for me, which mm-hmm. shocked me because I was like, oh, you know, like, And I always had it in my head, like, oh, you just heal and then you're better, you know, but that's (laughs) not real. Like, you can heal, but I don't think it's, and maybe it's a misconception in the health and wellness industry, but, you know, I don't know if we're ever 100% all the time. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that that's practical. And it's, for me, I found much more contentment and fulfillment in my life coming to terms with the fact that, like... I'm like, okay, you know what? These things happened. We're going to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to forgive myself and the people that were in those, you know, situations. I'm going to do my hardest to let go. Sometimes things are going to flare up. That's okay. You know, I can acknowledge that and be like, hmm. But it doesn't have to derail my life. I don't have to keep attracting those kinds of relationships. Yeah. And um, I'm allowed <laughs> – I I always joke around. I'm like, I'm allowed to be hot and I'm allowed to be happy, you know, but literally like what I am, an amazing slogan. <laughs> I'm allowed. I'm, I'm allowed to be happy and I'm allowed to be successful and I'm mm-hmm. allowed to move on from these things, you know, and not let, not let these things define me, but, yeah. you know, and not let these, you know, there's a wonderful book called, um, real love, the, the mindful art of connection. I hope I'm saying that right. I think Sharon Salzberg is the author. Okay. If you're talking about mindful connection, it is a beautiful, beautiful book. And one of the greatest takeaways from that was just like, in terms of your own personal development, like we are the stories that we make up about ourselves. Mm. So there's like stories we make up about ourselves, stories people make up about us. And, you know, (laughs) like all of these different stories that are swirling around constantly. And so that's why sometimes... I think especially if if you identify as anxious, which I do, um, I I for a long time I was stuck in this loop, you know, um, mm. self-deprecating loop. Um yeah. and so I continued attracting kind of, you know, subconsciously the same person who would feed that self-deprecating mm-hmm. loop, you know, and it's no one's fault. It's just, yeah. it's just what it is, you know, and I was sick of it. And like how you're saying, I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, they say the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over (laughs) and expecting the same results. And I was like, I, I deserve better than this. Like with the scrum of 
you know, self-worth I have left, I'm going to use to pull myself out of this mess. So I love that. Sometimes you got to just do it for you. And um, it's, I was thinking, you know, healing, it's not a linear journey. And I kind of love that. Yeah, And then I was also, I was also thinking, what is a linear journey? Like name one. Aging. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well played. Okay. Okay. I just, I just had a birthday. So I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, the construct of aging. No, you're so right. Thank you for saying that. That totally made my day. That's really funny. That's because, a good one. Like, I totally agree with um, the healing is not linear. And I think it's something that is, I'm really glad you said it because when my anxiety came back, I was just like, oh. What did I like? Why did I spend all that time doing that? Have I done something wrong? Like, mm. and I was just thinking, beating yourself up exactly because yeah. I was like, oh my mm. god, I've put all this time and effort and mm. money into like uh. getting better in quote marks, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then it came yeah. back, and I was, mm. I was just like, okay, you know what? I have triggers, and these things are gonna come up, but it doesn't mean I'm going to completely go back into the hole that I was in when I was 19. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And that's the difference that I realized also between coaching and therapy. Um, I didn't understand, I guess, when I was in therapy that therapy generally focuses on the past and healing the past. But I feel like, at least for me, there wasn't a ton of forward thinking. Mm -hmm. And in coaching, you're not really supposed to focus on the past, like, at all. But I do a little bit because I'm like, how you know, sometimes things <laughs> just come up and it's part of healing it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's about moving forward. And I was like, oh, that's so nice because, you know what, the goal is to not be codependent on a therapist or a coach or anybody, mm-hmm. right? But, like, I was like, I want some damn tools. You know, I want I have my emotional tool belt and I want to be able to – you know, navigate yeah. this world with that yeah. so that when things do inevitably come up, I'm going to feel confident. I'm mm-hmm. going to feel fairly confident <laughs> yeah. in myself and my ability to work through those things. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of things I try to implement in my coaching anyways. And um, That's amazing. And I yeah. think that in a way it was a blessing that I had this previous anxiety because when it mm. did come to everyone in the world having anxiety. I was like, oh my God, everyone's at my level now. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> and I was like- I'm not alone. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. So now everyone else is feeling, they know how I've felt and they can sort of resonate. It gives, it gives like some empathy. And and I had mm. those tools in my tool belt to mm. draw on and, you know, get through it. <laughs> yeah. I just want to point out that that's a really, really wonderful perspective that you have right there. I think that um, that's an empowering perspective and mm, that's super you. cool. I mean, it's stuff like that that and and having empathy, you know, like that enable us to connect and, and also build resiliency within ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. keep it moving forward. Um, it, it's so interesting to me just how – 
shifting your perspective even a little bit mm-hmm. um, can make a world of change, not only in your day-to-day life, but in your relationships as well. And yeah. coming from somebody who is an Aries moon, which is like, <laughs> I wish on anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I usually am like, okay, this is my first instinct is this emotion. Let me take like five minutes and process, think about mm-hmm. it, stand in a different place in my apartment, and then like approach it from the top, right? Uh, like sometimes it's as, as little as that. Definitely. Um, do you want to get into some listener questions? Yes. Yeah. Cool. I had some really interesting ones come through and they all kind of – resonated with me so I think that (laughs) well I hope that a lot of people get something from this and not just the people that wrote in um so the first one was what to do when your partner's anxiety starts making you have anxiety too Mm, that's a great question um one I think address it right first Mm -hmm. and foremost (sighs) be like Hey, <laughs> are you available to talk about something? You know, like I've been, I, I've been, you know, I'd love to emotional check in with you. I love the check love in. Love that. Yeah. The check in, you know, I mean, it's the podcast, but like I use it so much in all of my relationships romantic, mm-hmm. platonic, familial. I'm like, are you available to check in later? I'd love to just do a little check in, see where we're both at. Be like, you know, I, I always like to come from a place of love. You know, so that's where I try to come from most of the time instead of fear or anger. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, I've noticed you've been super anxious lately. And I'm just, I want to see how you're feeling about that. I'm starting to feel a little bit anxious, you know. And then maybe before you go into the conversation, um, think of some things that you might need to help stabilize your anxiety for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also, um, you know brainstorm with your partner, different things that you can do together that, I mean, sex is a great way to, you know, one way if you're both up to it, um, taking a long walk. I like space. I'm a big space gal. I'm like, I'm just going to go, especially it's hard if you live together, but yeah. And if you don't have a a huge apartment and hello, New York and Paris, (laughs) but, uh, sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to go in the other room for an hour Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch my show or I'm going to listen to some music. I don't really want to be disturbed if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take one hour for me. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back out here and we can make dinner or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, but figuring out what you need, being able to communicate that in a way that, again, it's like, I'm not blaming you for your anxiety, but, you know, I'm noticing that we're we're both getting a little anxious, so... What can we what can we do, you know, together um and and separate to uh minimize that? Yeah. I think that's really interesting that you said take some time apart because I know that sometimes when I'm feeling anxious and my partner will try and help me, I kind of like play into that a little bit. Like mm. I'm like I just go deeper into it and I'm like mm. It doesn't help necessarily. So it's like taking that time apart and just like breathing, listening to like a podcast that always helps me or like a meditation or something like that. And then coming back out and then I'm able to be like a good partner, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, especially if you're like really in the moment, at least for me, when my anxiety is kind of peaking, um, I generally feel kind of smothered if somebody mm. is trying to like help me or something. I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, it depends on what space I'm in, but um, usually I'm just like, just, I just need like a couple seconds, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, to like process by myself. Or if I'm like, can you just hold me? You know, sometimes just being held like a baby. I yeah. know it sounds immature maybe, but I'm like, just hold me. And like, yeah. we don't have to say anything. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need you to be my doctor. I just need you to be my partner. And I just need you to even, even, yeah, holding that space mm-hmm. can be um, a game changer. Yeah. There's something about just being held that's so safe. <laughs> oh, totally. Especially I think for the an- anxious ones. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> love a good cuddle <laughs> I like melt in your arms I'm like okay <laughs> yeah uh so the second question says how to keep at bay anxieties of past traumas to stop them creeping into new relationships mm. for example not projecting onto your new partner something your ex did healing old traumas is the obvious solution but what should I do when I've met someone who's really patient but the anxiety I have is just fucking strong and it's hard to leave it in the past. And she's talking about having some tools in her toolkit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, one, relate, you know, relate. Uh, two, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the thing about healing past traumas, again, is that they don't just disappear forever, right? Um And one, I think it's wonderful that you have such a patient, kind, and loving partner. Like, Mm -hmm. hang on to that person. Not in a (laughs) codependent (laughs) way. (laughs) But, you know, what a blessing that is. Um, And again, not to sound like a broken record, but it's about, one, I love journaling. Mm -hmm. I love journaling. I love being like, okay, here's a situation. The situation has triggered... mm, my past trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, what of it is with my partner and what of it is projecting from past relationships? I like to do percentages because I'm a little... Oh, that's good. I'm like, it's it's like right now it's feeling like 20% is what actually happened and 80% is me projecting from other stuff. (laughs) Um, That makes it a little bit more manageable. But then... I, I'm just, maybe it's over communication, but I just talk about everything because if I don't, and I'm just talking about my personal relationships, it builds up. I get more anxious about it. And then inevitably something happens and it's like, I don't want, I don't want that to affect this. So then usually I'm like, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. If we can, you know, this happened. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was your intention at all, but it totally brought something up in me. I'd love to tell you just a little, you know, and share what you want. But like, I feel like I'm probably projecting this onto you. But I just want you to know that like, in this past relationship I had, you know, X, Y, Z. And so I'm a little sensitive about this thing that happened. And moving forward, um, you know, here are some things that can, you know, um, be more uplifting, right? That will, you know, yeah, 
not make me feel so triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, and then, but I think it's just a lot of it is assessing, you know, is your yeah. boyfriend texting another girl? You know, that might be <laughs> super triggering, but it also might be him being a dickhead. So you're like, okay, well, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck? You know, like that's both. Is it like, a, yeah. you know, you just have to, you have to be, be able to identify what your baggage is, what their mm-hmm. own personal baggage is, and then be aware not to project onto each other, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that's just, that's one, getting to know one another, two, having open dialogue about it because they could be like, oh, well, this is just where I'm coming from. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, thank you so much for telling me that. And now we both know where we're coming from. And so we'll be a little bit more gentle about it or intentional moving forward. If yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> no, that's really, really, really good advice. I love accountability. <laughs> yeah, most people don't. So <laughs> I've learned to, I've learned to love it. Um it just makes my relationship so much easier. And also yes. that like it's okay to fuck up. Like no one's perfect. And mm-hmm. me fully owning my own neurosis as well. I'm like, like I said. 80% is me projecting right now. I'm going to own that. That's my that's my baggage, okay? So yeah. I'm sorry for that. But mm-hmm. I just thought it would be good to talk about because I really like you and you're super yeah. patient with me. Um, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Some really good advice. So the next one is asking about mutual understanding. How can I communicate my needs effectively Or what resource can my partner use to help them understand anxiety so it doesn't fall on me trying to explain all the time? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think there's a lot of great (laughs) Instagrams (laughs) out there that um, even if you look at like hashtag anxiety and stuff like that, I look at stuff and... um, like anxiety and relationships. I do a lot of research on my own for different things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's a nice blend of having your partner um do some research about about anxiety, what it is. You know, maybe it's you two both reading the attached book together. Um, but there is gonna have to be some communication because everybody's anxiety shows up differently. So your partner can read a hundred articles about anxiety, but they're not going to know how to best support you um, in your anxiety unless you tell them. So Mm -hmm. part of it is you knowing yourself, where your anxiety shows up, how it shows up, um, the best ways for you to, um, to cope with it, and then teaching your partner that as well. Um, Because, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hopefully that makes sense. And and you doing some research too, maybe. Like if, if there are things that you mm-hmm. see on the internet or like different books or whatever, and you're like, oh, this is resonating, you know, send it along, you know, message. I always okay. do that. <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. I'm like, boom, 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 just firing them off, um, <laughs> you know, and and it helps, you know, it does. It's, it's, it's continual... Yeah, and it's also just being supportive. But you can't expect mm-hmm. your partners to be mind readers because everyone's depression and anxiety 
um, and trauma shows up differently. So again, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's no one size fits all. You're gonna have to talk about it at least a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that's really, really good advice, and I love when my partner comes to me with something that they've like learned on their own and that or they're like hey maybe this could help you like that to me is like such a beautiful way to show that you love someone yeah that you're thinking about them and that you care absolutely that's mindfulness right there right definitely because it can feel like really isolating and lonely and like maybe you feel like you're crazy or something because the other person doesn't have that disorder Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like, having someone be in it with you and just be like, I want to learn what it feels like to be you yeah. is so beautiful. I couldn't agree more. Those kinds of affirmations are are wonderful. Um, and sometimes it's even as simple as being like, I'm thinking about you, you know? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes when my anxiety hits, I feel very withdrawn and I'm just like, oh, you know? Um, and and yeah. all it takes is just like, hey, like... <laughs> thinking about you hope you're having a nice day and I'm like oh you know it's like uh, I'm like oh that my God. does it that hits the spot <laughs> I'm not alone <laughs> you know um and, and it it does wonders you know so it's just and, no, and part, part of knowing that is like so important too right mm-hmm. I did have another question but I'm pretty sure you've answered it I think in the last question we kind of worked through everything um so <laughs> thank you so much for coming on oh, Calling so All Lovers. I'm just so happy. I'm just happy to talk to you again. And um, yeah. And thanks so much again for having me on. What a wonderful space. And, you know, I hope that this resonated with your listeners. And if you're listening and you have any other questions or if you want to talk, I'm always available. So you can hit me up on Instagram. What's your handle? My handle is at Shelby Sells Love, um, and mm-hmm. it's shelbysellslove.com. On Twitter, it's Shelby Sells Love. That one's a little more silly for memes and, you know, general Twitter <laughs> things, but uh, there's some good stuff there still. But, yeah, I'm always around just to talk about things. I do um, free discovery sessions, you know, just to kind of hold space mm-hmm. for people. And, um, yeah, just I hope if you're listening, you know that you're you're not alone. Yeah, definitely. And what's your um, what's your podcast so people can listen? Oh yeah, it's Emotional Check In, and it's streaming on every platform you can find podcasts, and it's at Emotional Check In on Instagram as well. Cool. I love it when it comes out every week. I'm like, yes, <laughs> something I can listen to. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's just nice. Yeah, I feel like our little community is like, we're all friends now. And so it's really wonderful to have listeners call in and just share what they're going through as well. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no worries. You can find all of Shelby's info in the episode description, as well as the book she recommended. Keep up to date with us at calling.all.lovers on Instagram and have an amazing week.